This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. The goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's the Welcome to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, college editor here at Dave Gamble's Texas Football, Ishmael Johnson. Thank you for joining us on our weekly pregame preview, pregame preview episode, heading into week two officially of college football alongside staff writer Carter Yates. How you doing, bud? It is so good to have football back. It really is. It? It I was re- sitting like, yeah. at my house Sunday and Monday, you know, just with the games on TV, sitting mm-hmm. with my parents. Yes, I still live at home with my parents. And it's just so good to have it there, even if you aren't paying attention fully. Sure. Because then last night we were on Celebrity Family Feud again, and I was like, all right, we need football to come back right away. <laughs> when it's not there, you realize, it's like, oh, actually, that was kind of fun the other day. Let's do yeah. that again. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Uh, everyone's favorite Matt Powell's with us as well, Mallory Hartley. Hi, Mallory. Hi. Uh, yeah, I got a YouTube TV subscription this week. and. Yeah. It's the coolest thing ever because you can have four college football games pulled up at once and nothing in this world makes my heart happier than that. It's pretty. I I had a good weekend. It is great. I was worried about like, because I I felt like before last week, I felt like I was, I was like, it was more of anxiety for me. It's like, oh, geez, the season's already here. Like, Uh I was kind of like worried about if I was going to be kind of overwhelmed by the season. Mm -hmm. But then, like, as I was sitting there, I was at the SMU game. attending attended the SMU game and I was sitting there and I had the Colorado TCU game on and I was like oh yeah I missed this like game going on in front of me also live watching one going on later on I was on my phone checking some other game and I was like oh yeah I do I actually miss double screening triple screening it mm-hmm. right oh, yeah keeping track on Twitter uh, I did miss it. So it, a lot of the anxiety went out the window, and it was just like, yeah, I was once, happy. Was once Gus Johnson's voice comes yeah. through, <laughs> oh your anxiety God. just falls away. Yes. It hits different, man. It hits different. And then we had, like, two really good games, one on Sunday, one on Monday, which oh, yeah. rocked. So that was, that was fun. It definitely helped. To, yeah, it definitely helped take away all the jitters. Uh, and, it, like, uh, it also helped that, like, because it was the first full weekend, like, every block was full. Uh-huh. So, like, you had the early game, you had the middays, and you had the late games. And it was like, okay, like, we were all watching Tech in Wyoming late. And it was yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is cool. It's 9 o'clock. We're still watching football, right? So, it is good. This weekend's our first, I guess, full amateur to pros weekend, I guess. Is it? Is it yeah, wall to wall. Yeah, yeah. We get full Friday or Thursday through Sunday, geez, for the first time. Yeah, I have uh, to set my three lineups. I'm in three fantasy leagues this Jesus, year. Jesus, yeah. as well. Oh. You're in three? Yep, I gave yeah, up. Yeah, t- set time your ago. lineup t- uh, tonight. Uh, I or didn't. Tomorrow. I didn't join the office one, and yes. I I wanted to, but I was that like would have been four. I would have been four, yeah. and that would have been too much time spent on fantasy football because yeah. I'm already very locked into my. Well, other well before leagues, before we you know? get in, before we get into the show, I do. I'm curious about your guys. Do you have any fantasy like like uh, superstitions or things like that? So because I do, I'm only in, I'm only okay. in two. I'm in the office league that we have here, and then I'm in uh, a keeper league with uh, with a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, I have a couple superstitions because I don't want to be that guy that's like angry. That's like, oh, I hope my team wins, but I hope they we get lit up 400 yards because I have so-and-so as a quarterback. I hate that. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I have a rule. I don't draft any players from teams I don't like 
or divisional rivals. Okay. And then I, and then I leave maybe one or two slots for a favorite team of mine. Cause I don't like the whole, like Derrick Henry's on a breakaway. Oh, he went down at the one to waste time. Oh, score you idiot. You know, I don't right. like that guy either. Yeah, and I know. So I don't want to put too much pressure on my personal team right. to like carry my fantasy team. So I have like little, uh, a little uh, superstitions like that, that I do. Cause yeah. I don't want to cheer for a team. I don't like cause of fantasy reasons. So. I do. Uh, I do have Tony Pollard on my work. Like now, my work. I, I've I'm had in three. Henry before, so I'm in. Wrong, yeah, yeah, I'm in three. So I'm in one with all my guy friends from back home okay. from the AG. Sure. Um, I'm also in the work league, and then I'm in one with my mom and her friends okay. and their kids, nice. their uh, daughters. Yeah. So the work league one is the one I care most about because yes. I feel like the most there's more at stake there. You got to hear about it every day. And too. and yeah. I got to hear about it every day too. So I drafted Tony Pollard. So I don't know if that'll be if that's good or bad sure, because sure, my sure. anxiety might be through the roof because that's the league I care about. And yeah. watching him, I'm like, I love this guy. I love this team, but like put up some points. I don't <laughs> have any superstitions. Uh, I'll draft anybody anywhere, but <laughs> if the Dallas Cowboys are on and someone's on my fancy team, I don't think about my fancy team at all. Right. I just okay. go for yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I know people who are like that. It's the type of guy I am. I'm just selfless. No, sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Uh, all right. Listen, Jeez. anyway, no, I, I also, all right, come down. Here. I'm not the guy that's like, I got to pay attention to seven games at once. Yeah. I, I got the app. That's fine. Like I'm, me watching is not going to change the fact if he's going to score or not. So mm-hmm. I don't really True. care that much. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Fantasy football starting up this week too. So before we get into, uh, before we get into our previews for the week, run you down a little bit of the, what we got off the top. We'll talk a little bit about, about the power pole kind of wrap up last week. We, you know, listen to our Sunday recap episode or listen to any of the recap episodes on any of our respective, uh, ROF Dave Campbell's ROF, uh, uh, affiliate shows. They all went through their, ups and downs right various depends on which show you listen to whether or not it's a happy show or a kind of a, a soul-searching show uh we'll go through a little bit of the power pole like i mentioned then we'll go into our three big games and then the week previews i do want to give a quick plug to a couple stories we have up on the side right now craven has a great story on gj kenny and jeff trailer's connection uh, of course they play this weekend uh he also has a story on smu's kind of r- rise back to prominence going to the acc um, I contributed a couple quotes to that one from after their home opener against La Tech. Carter Yates has a story now up over Jalen Milrow and Quinn Ewers, kind of like their intertwined destinies, weirdly enough, um, and involving Steve Sarkeesian as well. Of course, that all comes to a head on Saturday when Texas plays Alabama. And then lastly, Corey Hogue as well has a couple to put out a couple stories. One from the six quarters of an HBCU game, for those of you that don't know, zero quarter and fifth quarter are when the bands kind of play. And so uh, at an HBCU game, so he kind of was at the Labor Day Classic and had a really good feature on that. And then if you may have seen uh, this weekend, there was a 96 to nothing score from uh, featuring UT Permian Basin. And he went into exactly what happened with that because there was some things that it was that were more complicated than just one team got run over. There were actually some complications on the other side that made uh, that uh, that kind of results uh, uh, more liable to happen, I should say. So all that's up on TexasFootball.com. Please subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, and we also have a commitment later today as well. Uh, I want to make sure I got the right player. Um, pa- Greg Powers actually stepped out uh, of the office to go set that up. Zena. Yes. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. As I scroll through. Yes, Zena. Omeo Zulu from Allen. So he's Greg Powers stepped out. That'll be at 6 p.m. on TexasFootball.com or DCTF Twitter, everywhere you, you can stream, Texan Live, um, anywhere you can stream, you'll find links to that at 6 p.m. So, Woo. all right, Mallory, let's throw up that power pole. 
because the weekend happened, which means games were played, which means things are moved around. I think every single team moved except Texas. Yeah. Every single one of them moved. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Because I had to put this together. It was a chaotic week one. It was a chaotic chaotic week week one. Um, Unfortunately, you see the mean green there replacing Sam Houston at the bottom. For those of you that don't know, Sam Houston, of course, lost, but I would say 14 nothing at BYU is respectable a lot more respectable L. than... North Texas, on the other hand. Yeah, um, <laughs> losing to a Cal team. At home versus Cal. <laughs> I get it. I understand. Uh, yes. Anyway, I understand. So I'll be, well, I'll be very honest. I did not watch any of the North Texas game Good. this Saturday because I was you know, traveling. Don't worry, I did that for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked up yesterday to check in with Mallory about the mean green, and she was like, it was it was really bad. And I said, really? Okay. I, I'd been to North Texas a couple times, and then yeah. I was like, okay, I'll watch it tonight and see for myself. And oof. Yeah. It, uh, it's not an exaggeration. It was, bad is a it is might be It might be a th- – it might be a, what they used to call a year zero, as in, like, not coach doesn't have necessarily a first year. He has a year, really, that he has to weed, kind of work out the kinks, and then he has his first yeah. year. Well, first year. Here's the thing. I, I don't want to throw the S word out there, yeah. and, you know, I'm not going to right now. It was one game, but kind of soft. Like, it looked kind of soft. Yeah. Defense was pretty bad. The defense looked pretty yeah. soft. We'll talk about them again because, uh, I mean, they sh- they're favored in this next game because they're playing a team that's – very bad uh, in FIU, but yeah, it was a bad start. Uh, my Bobcats jumped up to number five, which insane. I did not expect that. Obviously, uh, after the Baylor win, Baylor, one of the team that's kind of in a soul searching mode. TCU, I f- something tells me we'll look back on that TCU loss and think it probably wasn't as bad. Probably as wasn't as bad. Just I print. totally agree. Just, just mm-hmm. I, th- I think I don't think Colorado's going to win ten games, but I think they're prob they may be a bowl team. And oh, I think definitely. we'll look at that as respectably okay, because I think TCU is probably a bowl team, right? Mm-hmm. Not what they were last year, not a team that's going to win four games, but a team that maybe caught uh, a Colorado team that had months to prepare for what they thought TCU was going to do to them, and yeah. they capitalized. Uh, Texas and a and and I mean, frankly, oh, we'll get to Texas and A&M first. Look the part, right? Heavily favored in both those games. Look the part of the two flagship schools in the state. Took care of business. Nothing to really, in my opinion, worry about. You can probably say Texas offense didn't look as clean as you wanted it to, but I think it's natural to look ahead to Alabama. So we'll see really this weekend what they're made of. Houston, SMU, um, both took care of business. Houston wasn't the prettiest game, right? Carter, you were there at that one. Don't apologize for going 1-0, and though. I was about to say, don't apologize for going 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, defense looked miles better than what they were last year against yep. a, a, a UTSA team that – had its worst, probably its worst game under Jeff Trailer since uh, since his first year, probably um, with Frank Harris throwing three picks. So you know, there's the power poll. Go check that out. Again, Craven will be updating that every single week. Um, he has little blurbs on why certain teams are there where they are. Uh, but let's get into this week, all right? Because we got some. It was like a little appetizer last week, right? We have Tasty. some heavy, heavy hitters this week. Mallory, let's get to our games of the week. What do we got first? Let's start off with heavy hitter. Texas playing at Alabama this Saturday, September 9th at 6 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. <laughs> Alabama coming in as seven-point favorites. The over-under is at 54-and-a-half. Carter just did a wardrobe change right here. <laughs> He's got the Bijan Mustardson hat. got my Bijan Mustardson hat He was going to do this last Texas. week, and then he just I never forgot. did. He I got carried he away. put it on the ground and He forgot, had the hat so there the whole time. He just he did. did not wear it. Um <laughs> All right, uh, Carter, you are the alum. You were at 
you went to, you were going to Texas when they played with Alabama for 90% of the game and then Bryce yep. Robin Bryce Bryce Robinson uh Bryce Young decided to be the best player on the field and forever I think once again scarred Texas fans uh on behalf of Alabama best college atmosphere game I've been to though really? in my life that Texas that Alabama game that there was something different about like maybe it was just the fact that it was Bama obviously that that helps but there were a lot of people that were like even when Texas was quote unquote back when they won the went on to win the Sugar Bowl, all that stuff, that home game I heard felt different. Like it in did. terms of like this is something that we didn't think DKR was able of producing, and I'm, that that does that's really interesting that you say that that was the best atmosphere you've been to because that's what I heard from a lot of people who were covering this team for a long time. And I'm sure that atmosphere in Bryant Denny Stadium is going to rival it. <laughs> Woo, buddy. I mean, look, Jalen Milrow versus Quinn Ewers. We talked about your your story on TexasFootball.com right now. Uh, for those that don't know, the the Jalen Milrow was initially committed in 2021, or the class of 2021, I should say, to Texas, to Tom Herman. They got the Quinn Ewers commitment. It kind of, for lack of a better word, lack of a better phrase, irked him a little bit, right? He's like, oh, I was committed to you, and now you go and get this other quarterback. Granted, Quinn Ewers is a generational talent at the time. Yep. Um, he decommits. He goes to commit to Alabama, play under Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian obviously becomes the coach at Texas later, and now we're back at the full circle. So It kind of gives you a headache just thinking about right, it's, how it's, they're uh, intertwined yes. so much. So looking at this game, though, uh, Mallory, what was the line again? Um, shoot, I think it was seven and a half. Seven and a half. Let me pull it up. Yeah, uh, I correct. Seven. Seven, exactly. Alabama okay. favored by seven. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna take Bama to cover that by not much. I was yeah. I'm gonna say maybe ten, because again, granted, it, I forgot who they played last week, but it doesn't matter because they were they were a Bama non-conference schedule typically, yep. which is pretty uh, Middle Tennessee. There you go. Middle Tennessee. 56-7. The fact that Jalen Milrow, I still think, looked as comfortable in the passing game as he did, without having to really stretch his arms that much or really, fl- you know, have to have to really stretch things, does give me a little bit of concern for Texas. Here's the thing I'm really worried about: is we have spent all off season just assuming that the Alabama dynasty is over. Yeah, and. They don't have a quarterback figured out. And I think Tyler Buckner, when he transferred in the summer, everyone's antenna went up and were like, oh, crap. Alabama does not feel good about any quarterback they have mm-hmm. on their roster. Right. And all the while, we're forgetting that Nick Saban hasn't missed out on the national championship game for three straight years yeah. since the college football playoff started. Right. So – Meanwhile, while Alabama is on just stock downtrending watch, Texas is the team that everyone every year is calling it their back, their back, their back. And this is the year they have the best roster. And this is the year it feels like everyone around college football is saying Texas might go into Bryant Denny Stadium and beat Alabama. Yeah. And I kind of think that Alabama is going to win by two to three touchdowns. Yeah. I think Alabama is going to smoke Texas. Really? I do. You think? And I've thought about this a lot, Ish, because yeah. this pays. And I got my Bijan Mustardson hat, and I'm saying they're going to get smoked. And I know, right, like, I'm very conflicted here. Yeah. But I just think it's a year too early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. The thing that does, I said there was nothing to concern me from the Rice game, and I'll revise that a little bit. A lot of people are starting to question the development of Quinn Ewers' deep ball. Because he still so. wasn't 
what we thought. Again, he could throw it in high school, and so he has the talent. He has the arm strength, but the arm accuracy does not seem to be there. And that's kind of what you – that was what he did against Bama last year at times, right, hitting worthy. He connected – I know he missed one, but he connected on one uh, to set them up for a touchdown that really got things going early for Texas. That is – that throw – Worthy is the one deep ball I've pretty much seen. That's a good point. In the Quinn Ewers era <laughs> That's a good at point. Texas. And look, I think Quinn is a great quarterback. Sure. I do. I think he's uber talented. But it was disheartening in this Rice game to see this whole offseason. We talk about Quinn's cut the mullet. He's lost yeah. 10 pounds. He stopped eating Chick-fil-A. You know, he's like in a really good headspace. And it, it's looking way better. Yeah. And the footwork is just still sloppy. If you watch those throws on the deep balls that they're not they're not hitting on, yeah. the footwork is it's a lot of arm. It's a lot of arm and the footwork isn't there. And last year Quinn Ewers would overthrow every deep ball by about ten yards. This year he was underthrowing it. It's like he's overcorrecting almost. Right. And right. Texas will not reach their potential if they don't start hitting on this deep ball. And it's something along the lines of if this keeps going on throughout the season. We have to question Steve Sarkeesian. You're the quarterback whisperer. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. We got to get this footwork fixed. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? I was about to say. I know a lot of I know a lot of recruiting guys, and Craven was one of them that was covering through him through his junior year at, at South Lake Carroll, and it was all you know. Seeing the guy now is not the guy that you saw as a junior at South Lake Carroll, right? It was like you saw the arm talent. You were like, okay, they just need to hone that. And, you know, put that through a filter and like, boom, here you go. Here's your prototypical quarterback with an NFL arm, potentially things like that. Um, it just hasn't come along. And yeah, I don't know. Which is not saying it won't. Come no, exactly. Along, no, it's not saying, not saying it. Well, he's technically still a, a sophomore, right? In terms of, yes. like, in terms of like his actual age and where he's actually at, but you're playing in, you're playing in Brian Denny, right? And it's whether or not he's. He's not the issue if things go wrong, right? I think we could blame more like the lack of development on his part. I think he's developed other parts of his game. I think he's. I think last week he looked way more mobile than I yes, think he's ever. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, he had that part. He has slimmed down, and like, and that's the part. Yeah, the weight loss. That's the part where it's like he looks faster. Yes, hundred percent. Which could absolutely play into how they could potentially pull an upset. Because what's one thing Alabama's always had issues with, no matter who they've played regardless of the rest of the talent, it's mobile quarterbacks, right? And I'm not saying Quinn Ewers is Johnny Manziel all of a sudden, but like he was, they were not going to beat Alabama with him just dropping back. So that's my thing. I think Bama covers, but not by much. We'll see. Seven and a half is a lot – or seven, uh, seven is decent. So I'll give Texas some credit. I think still about 10, though, is my mark. I'm concerned about the offensive line, too, for Texas. Because they did not look great last week either. They didn't look great last week, and Cole Hudson was held out because he was injured. Yeah. And then – they are still flip-flopping around the line. Like, DJ Campbell started the game, and then sure. Neto Umazulu, uh, Zena's brother, mm -hmm. came in uh, in the second half, I believe. So, they're still flip-flopping stuff around. Yeah. And if they put up that effort versus Rice that, they put, that they're going to do against Bama, it's not going to look pretty. Right. All right. So, let's move on to our second game. But let's bring in a guest for these last two games. Got yeah. our senior I writer. Have a, I have somebody on the phone here. All right. Uh, for this next game. This game is kind of important here. <sighs> Texas State <laughs> traveling to UTSA this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. UTSA coming in as 12.5-point favorites. The over-under set at 65.5. Craven, <laughs> how are you doing? I'm doing uh, better than Ish's Bobcats will be doing Sunday morning. <laughs> oh! <laughs> we have a little bit of 
bit of trash talk. This is here. the first time we've actually been able to talk about this game in like an alumni versus alumni sense. I know. It's always been like, yeah, y'all beat us. You know, I could always talk. I can only talk about it in the past. And Craven was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? They only. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, they're actually going to play this weekend. I can finally do this. <laughs> oh man, Craven. All right, so uh, r- compare your your s- sensibilities to where the fa- UTSA fan base is, because. I feel like you're a lot more weighted in terms of just your perspective on all of this. And I'm not even saying I haven't paid attention to UTSA Twitter, so I have no idea. Are they, are they doomsaying? Are they worried? Are they confident? What's, what's your sense compared to theirs right now? I feel UTSA fans are always on this like seesaw of emotions because it's still so new to them. Sure. Um, You know, like there hasn't been a ton of bad. Um, you know, the Coker era was new and everything was exciting and you, you make it to a bowl game under Frank Wilson and that's cool and that's exciting. And yeah, I mean, that tenure ended up kind of souring and, and they go in a new direction. But then Jeff Trailer comes in and wins a couple a couple conference championship games and has three, three straight winning seasons and they're moving up to the American. And then you go on the road and all this excitement, you lose to Houston. And it's like, oh man, we stink and what's going to happen? We don't, you know, and so... Uh, for me, it just feels like a roller coaster all the time for UTSA. Uh, but I think a lot of that just is the newness, and they haven't had like a stretch of bad yet to really like jade them and make them a cynical sports fan like myself. Right. Well, on the flip side, ish, let's check in on Bobcat Nation. What's going on? <laughs> what's going on with y'all? Corner Twitter, we're in the national title. I don't know what's happening <laughs> right now. But uh, no, I'll say this: like, it's been so long. I think I talked. This is what I talked about on the on the the post game show or the the recap episode. It's been so long since they've been optimi- genuinely optimistic, right? There's natural optimism for the season starting. You buy into the off season hype, but there was a skepticism heading into the Baylor game. It was like, okay, we've heard about exciting offense, exciting defense, all this stuff, and then seeing it happen in the way that it happened, you know, controlling the game. That was something they haven't seen. And so uh, for those of you that don't know, you know, uh, Javi Cardenas over at birdsup.com, uh, um, site that Craven helped founded, we, he's been keeping track of the ticket distribution, right? And they've opened up the third level. And that only happens when you crack 35, 36,000, right? And so it's looking like, based on the track record, it's looking like they're going to pass last year's Houston game, which is about 36, I think. Um it's going to approach it's going to approach 40. I'm not saying they're going to cross 40. It's going to approach 40. We might end up 38 39 around there. Um, which will be I believe top 3, top 4, I can't remember. Uh all attendance all time Craven Craven can correct me on that. But that's because UTSA fans were always going to show up for the home opener. But that's because now that Texas State fans are now motivated to go show out for the visitor side. UTSA fans have had great attendance uh and under the Jeff Trailer era, but even before that just in general. But it, Texas State fans, I was really curious to see what the attendance was going to be like if they weren't excited for this game, right? Uh, we're just going to go. We're just going to lose mm-hmm. another another loss to UTSA. Now there's excitement. And now, based on not only is there excitement, there's, like, belief that they can win, you know? Like, that's that's huge. So, Craven, I remember in the offseason you said, you know, this is a rivalry more on Texas State side, which is true, right? I do want to say, like, that is that is a true statement that you said. UTSA has moved on to – worrying about conference titles versus UNT, uh, you know, things like that, uh, more just conference-affiliated rivalries. To me, this weekend, barring a UTSA blowout, I think could reignite that what this rivalry should be and kind of, in my opinion, what non what we should be looking for more in conference, college football, which is these non-conference kind of rivalries um, that, are, that are more regional-affiliated. Yeah, I mean, Texas State just needs to hold up their end of the bargain. Yep. 
Um, and, 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 and if GJ Kinney and this group can do that, like you said, a, a close game, or, you know, if they find a way to win it, um, then all of a sudden that wakes up UTSA and now that becomes a, a real rivalry, but I, I don't know if it can be one until like the other team wins. Sure. No, um, and, and as soon as Texas state does that, then like guys like me who went to school, you know, back in the day when Texas state was our main rival in every other sport that we had, because mm-hmm. we didn't have football yet. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes like a rivalry. My friends who went to Texas State, like we can really trash talk now and stuff because they have a chance on the football field. And so yeah. uh, I think it's it's got a chance to be one of those really cool uh, G5, for lack of a better word. We need to figure out a new word structure. I know, right? The, five, the Power now. 5, the G5. But it can become a really cool G5 rivalry that's not, you know, interconference that would be a lot of fun. Uh, and Texas State is starting to hold up their end by putting together a good football team, by hiring a really good coach. And then for me, most importantly, uh, putting in the uh, energy and the backing and the admin uh, to make this thing come to truth. Craven, on the UTSA side, how concerned are you with Frank Harris at quarterback right now? Because, look, you stated it in your piece. He didn't throw for seven months. Okay, He had four surgeries on the same knee, and obviously he was going to be very rusty in this Houston game, especially without JT Clark. Uh, one of his top receivers. And really, in my opinion, when I watched the game, it was that third quarter with the three interceptions was the only quarter it kind of went off the rails. I thought he was pretty nails the rest of the game. But, like, what do you think is your concern level for the UTSA passing game and maybe what UTSA fans are feeling right now? I mean, my concern level is at, like, a negative four. Um, I mean, y'all can bet against Frank Harris if you want to. Sure. Uh, but I, I'm going to go on the last two and a half, three years of him. Every time he's counted out, he comes out and he, he does something spectacular. I mean, that's a Big 12 defense. Like that, that's a that's a really good defense that Houston has. That's going to be the strength of their football team. They had all off season uh, to game plan for that. They played against them the year before. Uh, as you mentioned, Frank didn't throw the ball for seven months. Had four knee surgeries in his left knee, um, and was missing the two two of his best wide receivers from the year before. Zagari Franklin. Uh, through the transfer portal and Jay Clark being injured. Um, I I think after that performance, and especially after, you know, the three interceptions in the third quarter, uh, you're going to see a, a pretty motivated and good Frank Harris. And, you know, Jeff Trader's offenses dating back for 30 years have been scoring a lot of points. I, I imagine uh, they figured it out. I think an undersold part of that game was that was also uh, the first game for the new offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that'll help as well to kind of get that under their belt. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think you're going to get as good of a version as UTSA is uh, in 2023 on Saturday, I would imagine. Yeah. Lastly, on this game, I think the big matchup is going to be, I mean, obviously Frank Harris is going to be involved, but it will be how Pat Key schemes against that offense because obviously I think Jeff Trailer said during the week, um, earlier in the week, he mentioned JT Clark. He held him out. JT Clark wanted to play. Um, he, Clark said he was good to play, but Trailer kind of had a gut feeling saying, like, you're not, you know, this isn't it. Um, which I think was a smart call. If you don't think a player's right, you don't want to put that on your conscience. So, you know, regardless of his status, you know, whether or not they have him or Tech State can key in on Cephas or Barnes in the run game or whatever, I think Pat Key, he was so aggressive against Baylor because I think he knew he can kind of run at Blake Shapen a little bit in that offensive line. It's not going to be sure he's he's you can say whatever about his knee. I think his knees looks fine to me in terms of <laughs> durability right now. You can't do the same and expect the same results against a Frank Harris. Right. And what happens when you send the blitz? Frank Harris steps out. All of a sudden, that's a 12 yard gain on a third and 10. You know, I'm curious about how do they come out with the same aggressive game plan versus a different offense, a different QB 
or do they just say this is what won us last week we're gonna we're gonna make him beat us basically with his legs mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Texas State had the power of information on Saturday against yeah. Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so many new players, a whole new coaching staff. The first time at FBS, a quarterback from Auburn that we all kind of thought stunk a little when he was out sure, there in the sure. SEC, right? Like, what is that offense? How much are you going to see Malik Hornsby? I, I, I wonder uh, how much time Baylor spent on that package as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was just so many unknowns. I think we saw it in the Colorado TCU game. We saw it in Texas State. Uh, Baylor as well, where it's hard to game plan for a team that you just have no idea what they're going to look like. Uh, UTSA has a better idea, one, because they have film now. They have like four quarters of film. But two, because I mean, Jeff Trailer is like kind of G.J. Kenny's mentor, at least one of them. Um, so I'm sure they're pretty familiar with how they do football. Um, so for me, this is going to be less about scheme and more about players. Uh, and right now, UTSA still has the best players. Now, I mean, it's football, so anything can happen on Saturday. Uh, but I imagine that overall talent, especially offensive line, defense line, just depth, uh, kind of helps UTSA as that first game excitement kind of goes away, right? Like yeah. week one can be a little bit of an aberration. Uh, maybe UTSA uh, played worse than they normally do and they regress to the mean or they, you know, raise to the mean where Texas State, that was, I mean, if that's Texas State every week, then okay, I was, I was wrong about the podcast. I would imagine, I would imagine there's a little bit of regression to the mean uh, in week two just because there has to be because of how well they play. Right. Y'all made a bet yet? I have no idea. Uh, we did one for FC Dallas, uh, Austin FC. I don't know. We'll, th- we'll think about something. Yeah, you I don't should. Know. I don't know if I can get Craven to wear maroon, put maroon who, on. Who won that one? I, yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is why I'm hesitant to do another bet. Uh, we'll discuss let's, something. Uh, yes. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's move on to our last um, top matchup of the week. Texas Tech uh, hosting Oregon this Saturday at 6 p.m. at Jones AT&T Stadium or AT&T Jones Stadium. I don't know if this is the correct <laughs> term. You can watch it on Fox. Oregon coming in as six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under set at 67. Craven, you're actually going to be at this game. How are you feeling about it? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> correct. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Tech kind of jumped out to that seven nothing, 17 to nothing lead in the first quarter. I kind of changed the channel to watch right. Sam Houston and Same. UTEP, some of the other games going on. I looked back and like, man, they had scored since, right? And so uh, I think the defense played pretty well. I mean, the defense played well enough to, to win that football game. The special teams had a couple errors that, that cost them that game, which be, which could be big in a close game against Oregon. Tech under Joey McGuire has struggled on the road. Tech at home has played really well sans that Baylor game last year. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think we see a better version of Texas Tech. You're kind of like what we were talking about with UTSA, right? Like losing week one is going to motivate you. You're going to get uh, that team's best shot, and I think that helps them a lot. Uh, but anybody who's ever listened to this show knows how I feel about Will Stein, uh, the mm-hmm. former UTSA offensive coordinator. Uh, he's now at Oregon. Uh, they scored like a thousand points, I think, in, right. in week one. Yeah. I don't know if they've stopped scoring yet. Um, and so that one's going to be a really tough one for Tim DeRuiter. Uh, there's a lot of weird ties. You know, Tyler Shuck used to be at mm-hmm. Oregon. Uh, Tim DeRuiter used to be at Oregon. Marcel Yates used to be at Oregon. Uh, so going to be an interesting game. And night games at Jones are, are always a lot of fun. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, that one. I I mean, yeah, they put an 81 bomb on poor Portland. Started Stadium. the Bo Nix Heisman campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're trying. Uh, they got the billboards up in Dallas for all in New York and like, uh, New York. But yeah, I do think like for me, the thing I'm curious about, and I'm wondering if this is something we maybe see more this year. It was a wrinkle of a concern after last week, but it was Tech plant. You mentioned it. Tech opened up 17 nothing, and then they could not. I. I don't know if it was they just struggled against Wyoming or they could not do it. The offensive line wasn't as good. They couldn't play the controlling style that I think they wanted to 
to kind of hold on the lead and sit on it. Well, Tyler Shuck started pressing after he did the start, first two drives. He did start pressing. He looked really good on the first two. He had two awesome touchdowns with great ball placement. And yeah. then it's almost like he wanted to go for the kill shot. Right. And he's throwing it across the field that could have been a pick six against an Oregon team. And I also think it didn't help that they couldn't run the ball. Either. No, like like it was one of the ninety eight rushing yards, two point eight yards a carry against right. Wyoming. And so I think if you have a lead, and let's say Tyler, you you see your quarterback pressing, you then turn to run the ball, and it's like, all right, let's calm it down a little bit, let's hand it off. And they were not getting anywhere. So, I'm again, that's that's why it's a wrinkle of a concern because I think that they will be able to run the ball with Taj Brooks. Uh, Tyler Shutt got involved in the running game late, uh, kind of more of a necessity, but. Um, I do wonder – I don't know if it will get fixed against Oregon per se, but I do wonder if, like you mentioned, playing at home, Shuck has some motivation there because I don't want to say he was chased out of Oregon, but it was basically like you're not our type of quarterback anymore when when, um, when that coaching when, – when he had to leave. So I, I am – I'm not concerned. I do. I am surprised the line's still about six, though. I thought it would be a little bit more after last week. Um, but I think I think that's probably them assuming Tech's better than that, and then playing at home, and then yeah, I don't. And then Oregon, obviously, it was a lot of style points versus Portland State. So I think that's probably where that number came from. Here's what I'm. Yeah. Here's Sorry. what I'm concerned about is. Texas Tech missed about five tackles on the Wyoming quarterback in the backfield. I thought you were going to say field goals, but yeah. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> that goes without saying. It's field goals I'm a little concerned about. But the Texas Tech defense was getting home to Wyoming quarterback, and sure, sure. they just could not bring him down to the backfield, and he was scrambling for first downs. Yeah. The, the other thing is they were getting destroyed by the tight ends across the middle of the field. Sure. And I feel like that's something where Bo Nix is a better quarterback than the Wyoming quarterback, and he's also plenty mobile. Craven, what's your concern level with the defense? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought, again, I thought the defense played well enough to win. I mean, they didn't play perfect, obviously. And there's mm-hmm. some holes there at safety and that linebacker. And they don't have Tyree Wilson anymore, so they're still trying to figure out who is going to become that that lead uh, blitzer. But, I mean, you you pitch a shutout for a decent part of that first half and, you know, only allow points in the 20s. Like, a Texas Tech, that should win, you yeah. know, on, on the road. Um, so, I think that the, there was also a delay, and there's, you know, that's 7,200 feet in the air. You know, we never talk about Wyoming the same way as we talk about, like, Colorado, but it's it's higher elevation in Wyoming than it is uh, anywhere else in college football. So I think that was part of it down the stretch as well. But another interesting part of this game to me that, I, you know, I don't even know if it's a big deal or not, but I find it interesting, is they're doing a lot of construction at, at Jones. And uh-huh, the visitors aren't going to – they're not going to have a real locker room. Um, and so, like, how that comes into play and what that's about and just what the atmosphere – there is going to be interesting. Well, that's a hard place to play at night. It really is a hard place to play at night. I think Texas Tech's going to give their best effort. They're going to play better than they did against Wyoming. I'm just not sure that's enough to beat this Oregon team. Yeah, the I believe this has been sold out for roughly two a uh, month now. Um, it's sold out at the beginning of August, so enthusiasm is not going to be down, right? Craven, this might be the best atmosphere you go to this season. It might mm-hmm. it might be in the running. Uh, it'll probably be number two. Uh, Alabama at A and M will be number one with the board. Oh, that's gonna be fair. That's gonna fair be a point. One. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a good one. Um, yeah. All right. Is that, is that I'm trying to think of anything else that I had to talk about this one because yeah, this one's. I'm gonna keep my TV tuned to this one. I would have anyway. It's a Brian. It's a night game in Lubbock, but uh, with everything at stake, Oregon now obviously firmly trying to put themselves in the playoff. Playoff hunts, uh, t- uh, trying to establish Bo Nix as a Heisman winner. This one has so much going into it. I'm going to take Texas Tech to cover in this one. I think the Wyoming game was a weird game. Uh, like Craven, you mentioned the elevation, the lightning delay. Wyoming had just some freak plays where they got big-time first downs in key situations. And I think this Texas Tech team 
would have probably lost that game by more last year. Honestly, I think Texas Tech is going to be fine against Oregon. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Oregon to cover slightly. I'm going to go a touchdown, maybe a little bit more, maybe like nine or something. But yeah, I do think this will be a much better showing for for Texas Tech. I'll take co- attack to cover just because I'm going to be there. <laughs> there. There you go. <laughs> you can't you throw can't something not. at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're going to get wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Safe drives up there, man. All right, I'm flying, but I'll see you. Okay. Bye, All right. So, yeah, keep track of TexasHilba.com. He'll have some thoughts from that game. Uh, Carter, where are you at this weekend? I am going to Waco for Baylor, Utah. Oh, what a great segue into our next game. You see what I did? That's so well, yeah, unintentional. But anyway, you see what I did there. there. Let's get into the wide zone. <laughs> Baylor hosting Utah this Saturday. What another uh, the wide zone with Baylor? Correct. The wide zone offense. Look at that. These segways oh, on you, segways. You're getting good at this thing. I am getting, getting great. Kind of good at this thing. Uh, you can watch it at 11 a.m. on ESPN. Utah coming in as seven and a half point favorites. The over/under set at 47 and a half. Is that a mm-hmm. Is that a tiny spread? Mm, I mean, they're trying. I mean, I think that's more of. I'm. A, I am concerned that Utah is going to come on there and just. Are you gonna, uh, destroy yeah. Utah? I am very concerned. <laughs> you mean con- uh, destroy Baylor? Baylor, yeah. sorry. It's a game of backup quarterbacks, right? We don't know if Cam Rising is playing. That's to true. be fair, that did not matter last week. No, I was gonna say <laughs> they came out throwing Utah. with what's his face against Florida. Like the first Barnes. play for yeah, the first play Utah from scrimmage was, was so a play good. action deep ball for a touchdown. Um, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I'm very. Here's concerned. my Dave Aranda take because I know the streets are hot right now streets with very hot. Get, getting their Dave Aranda takes off. Yeah. I think he is the most interesting coach in college football, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think. He is a really great guy. I would love if he was my father or my grandfather, <laughs> right. and I'd love to sit on his knee and have him tell me stories. About the good old days? About the good old days. I just don't know if he can fire up a football team. He is so stoic. Yeah. He is so measured. He is so reasoned. And Baylor actually sleptwalked versus Texas State. I mean, they got they dominated on the line of scrimmage. You got Blake Shapin out there limping around, rolling out to his pocket, and – and it's like he's he's like Mike Winchell on Friday Night Lights versus <laughs> Dallas Carter against Texas State. And blood Dave, on his jersey. Blood on his on jersey floor. crawling to the end zone. And Dave Aranda turns to him and he's like, I can't put you back in because we can't protect you. Yeah. Literally what he said in that press conference. That's yep. a really bad sign. It's uh, It was rough. Uh, Bryson Barnes is the Utah backup quarterback name, by the way. Um, he threw for only 150, but again, it's Utah, so they that that's, that's fine. They're okay running the ball as well. Um I'm very yeah, I am very worried about this game because like you mentioned, not only that it's a backup quarterback, right? Sawyer Robertson, a four-star recruit, like he was brought in to challenge Blake Shapin, right? Yeah. So like he's not a nobody. Um even RJ Martinez, the third string, he's one of the better players in FCS last year. But that's not even my concern. It's the offensive line. They could not protect Blake Shapin. Against the Texas State team that was again, I love my alma mater. I would take Utah nine, ten times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Their defense and what Kyle Whittingham's done there over my, what the Bobcats did last week. That's why I'm concerned. Is like if you couldn't block those guys, I don't know how you handle Utah's smash mouth. I don't even want to say offense, smash mouth on both sides of the ball yep. <laughs> uh, style of play. This one could get ugly. I'm taking Utah kind of big. Um, the thing that did concern me was 
It wasn't even Shapin. I think Shapin is like fifth or sixth on things wrong with Baylor last week. He was great last I week. I thought he was fine. He, again, he couldn't stand up. <laughs> they, they, could, were, they couldn't keep him up right They were now. talking about what a gutsy performance, like inspiring performance Blake Shapin had right. out there. It was. It, they couldn't run the ball, and the receivers, I thought, could not get open. Right? That was my thing. They couldn't. So the reason why he was getting hit a lot of times was because guys weren't open on their first read, and so they was, he was having just to stand in the pocket, run around, and then by that time, if you if you're blitzing, you're going to get home. Um, so yeah, if they can't run the ball, they're go- they're going to lose. That's just how this game. If they can't use Richard Reese, they're going to lose. So I I'm very concerned. Yes. I mean Travis Roder on Twitter. Uh, he's a writer for Sikkim three six five. He does yep. that thing where he posts like the gifts of like plays and yeah, like, yeah. does them in a thread. And I was watching that over the weekend and he's just doing multiple multiple plays where it's just like the line of scrimmage if texas state is on offense their line of scrimmage is three yards down the field sure against baylor's defensive line right and then you also take into account that devin lemire who i think is one of their best defensive players is yeah. out for two to three weeks mm-hmm. so now your best player from offense and your best player from defense in that texas state game are now out yeah yeah I, i'm taking utah it's i think tough. by two touchdowns in this one yeah i i would agree with that all yeah. right let's move on Texas playing at Miami this Saturday at 2.30 Texas p.m. Wow, Texas A&M. Wow, Texas got a I'm hell of a They're running the doubleheader here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the sorry. Bishop Sycamore. Bishop Sycamore reference. Sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Texas A&M playing at Miami this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on ABC. Texas A&M coming in as four-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under set at 51. Oof. Go Aggies, man. What did Miami oh, – I'm sorry. What did Miami do? Week one? Uh, I mean, I don't know. They beat Miami, Ohio. They beat the other Miami. Oh, <laughs> Miami, oh I forgot. <laughs> There's oh, two the Miami. Battle of the Ohio. Great. Good yeah. thing we got that That's situated. So good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good thing we finally realized which one's better. Um, golly. I I mean, this is, this is the game where we figure out if this is real, right? Like, you can flex against New Mexico all you want. That's great. I'm happy they did because they don't typically do that. In, in general, they don't really flex on offense. Yeah, I lost a Dr. Pepper bet to Adam on that one. Oh, you know? <laughs> I said that. That's fair. I mean, I would have too. I don't think – I never thought they would score 52 points. They don't score 52 yeah. points against anybody. And Yeah. So, I'm not betting on the Aggies this week. I think they're <laughs> going to beat Miami. I think so, too. I th- There's been a lot – I don't want to say a lot of hype. There's been a lot of optimism about Miami for some reason for me. They weren't fun last year. Mm-hmm. Like, they no. weren't fun to watch. Like, this game was – I mean, Craven – You'll hear Craven complain to this day that he had to watch this game last year. It was what, right? 17 to 14? Was 17 and 9. 9. Last yeah, year. That sucks. It was awful. It was one of the most unwatchable games last year. And AM still won because it didn't matter. Because Miami, I don't know, is Tyler Van Dyke all of a sudden good? Like, I don't, yeah. like, he's fine. But, like, is he. I, I didn't think he was somebody that, like, AM should have to worry about in, like, the, in terms of beating them, right? Mario Cristobal, I think we're going to have some narratives about whether or not he can really coach an offense because we're seeing what Justin Herbert's doing in the NFL. He wasn't doing that at Oregon. Tyler Shuck, I think, is a good quarterback. He couldn't do much at Oregon under under. – we're seeing – I don't know. I don't think – I think if Mario Cristobal has one Achilles heel, it's that I think his offensive lines are too good for what the offense actually does. And I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up this week. My only concern is the AM offense looked legit versus that team they played True. in week one. And then now in a bigger marquee game, Jimbo Fisher would be like, pass the sticks. Like, <laughs> grab the Xbox it's controller. Yeah. And like his time to do it. It <laughs> takes it away from Bobby Petrino. I mean, I'll let's put it this way. I'm taking AM. Um, 
That would not shock me though. <laughs> if he's like, you showed what you can do, but let, the big boys are here. Let yeah. me. Yeah. That was cool versus New Mexico. It's easy to cede control yeah. against New Mexico, but what about when you go to when you're in Miami? That's a good point because we did talk about Dabo Swinney saying, "Yeah, Gary Riley's running my offense," and it was like, "Oh, buddy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy." <laughs> All right, Mallory. All right, let's get into. Okay, how about this? UTEP playing at Northwestern this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. You can watch it on Big Ten Network. UTEP coming in as one-and-a-half-point favorites. That is nuts. The over-under set at 38-and-a-half. That is nuts. Can I get a pick or pick up? Pick up. Is it pick them? Picks up. Picks up. There you go. It's pick, it is <laughs> picks up. up. It's picks up. I 30, love this. 38-and-a-half over-under. Yeah, that's a, That is disgusting. That's Whoa. <laughs> that is awful, disgusting awful. work. But I love this. Yeah. Uh you, uh, Northwestern stinks. <laughs> they Northwestern does. They are really bad. What was their first game? Uh, they lost to Rutgers. Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah, that's what Ooh. we were talking about earlier. Yeah, we were oh, talking yeah. about that. Like, yeah. They got smash, smash mouthed by Rutgers. Smash, yeah, smacked. <laughs> <laughs> say smacked by Rutgers. Uh, Northwestern's not good. Obviously, with everything that went down in the offseason, they yeah. really have nothing to play for. Like they're just like, eh, I don't know. They look like a team that really just kind of are just trying to get this season. Yeah, this is yeah. a get right game for UTEP. This is one. <laughs> this is a get. This is the one you got and smack them. Yeah, yep. you don't want you don't want to you don't want to look ahead. No. <laughs> look ahead to the conference USA. No, <laughs> not at and all. also please win this game. Actually, they got I, Arizona, so I, I don't want. <laughs> I like. I do not want to see Northwestern win this game and do the nobody believed in us like everything we've been through narrative. Like I, I do not give Northwestern this. No, Utah. I know. I don't want to see the justice for Northwestern like all we fought through narratives. The benefit of game. the benefit of coming off of the Incarnate Word game is that they were able to run the ball better than they've ever run the yes. ball. Yes, right. They I think Deion Hankins had one seventy four on the ground. Awesome. Yeah, they put they've a, been a trying three, to establish over that over three hundred yards. Right. Yeah, over three hundred yards on the ground. Six point six yards a carry. Yeah. Again. You can say UIW all you want. I've seen this team try to run against everybody and not be able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they were able to get multiple guys over five yards of carry, I think I th- I'm going to put that as a little bit of a kernel of hope because, yeah, I don't. That's the I think Carter said the worst scenario is like Northwestern wins all of a sudden us against the world, <laughs> even though it's it's about hazing and abuse. <laughs> like it's not yeah. nothing to be like y'all against y'all. proud about. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think how many yards did Rutgers run for? Oh, they didn't run for a lot. Um, still, they threw the ball. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how Rutgers won this game looking at this box score, if I'm being honest. They didn't, <laughs> neither team played great. But regardless, um, UTEP, get it done, please. Um, and then they get Arizona next week, which is going to be a, a little challenge. But do they? Well, they probably go to Arizona. Just, yeah, it's at okay. Arizona. Yeah, they can't bring, they're not bringing to, uh, Arizona to well. UTEP just yet. Just yet. Just wait. Give them a couple years. Just wait till they beat Northwestern and Arizona. And there we go. Come. People will be calling to play in the Sun Bowl. Correct. <laughs> All right, moving on. SMU playing at Oklahoma this Saturday at 5 p.m. You can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. OU, uh, they're 15.5-point favorites. The over-under set at 68.5. Did y'all see what Oklahoma did last weekend? Yeah, yeah. they made Butch they, Jones uh, cry. <laughs> correct. It was a... It was a uh, it was a murdering. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, they literally made Butch Jones, the Oklahoma uh, Arkansas State head coach, cry because they were beating him that bad. Which his, his player had to like give him a hug. He had to give him like a <laughs> literal hug because it was like it was that bad. Seventy-three uh, nothing was that game. Yeah. Um, Ar- Arkansas State's bad. Arkansas State's really they they might bad. be bottom three in the country. Yes. Um, yes. I can't say worse because I haven't. I don't know. We'll see. This game is fun. Yes. I really do not know what to think in this one. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take SMU to cover this because I think that's a lot of points for Oklahoma. An Oklahoma team 
that, by the way, a lot of their hype is just about how bad their schedule is, right? Yep. It's not necessarily that we're thinking Oklahoma's going to be back to what they were on Lincoln Riley or Bob Stoops. It's just that they don't play anybody hard in conference, so people assume they have to win. Mm-hmm. With that being said, I saw SMU dominate La Tech last week in a way that SMU has not dominated a game wire to wire on both sides both of the ball sides, in a yeah. while. So I'm going to say, I don't know if they win. Nor- playing in Norman's hard. Oklahoma has a lot of hype, a lot of excitement. I'm going to say they cover um, just because of that, because it's particularly that defense. We've seen Dylan Gabriel get uncomfortable at times, right? We've seen Oklahoma's offense not look great. Jeff Levy's not exactly the I – don't, I don't think he's out of the woodwork as a questionable play caller based on some things last year. We'll see. I'm taking them to cover. Um, I think Oklahoma wins, but a lot of that hype is, a, is pretty misplaced for this spread to be this high, in my opinion. I think OU is a much improved team yes. from last year. I think they will be a lot better, but I do think SMU is going to cover this one. Just because – I think that that Preston Stone at quarterback, and like you said, the defense is much improved, and, and yes, they're going to help keep SMU in this game. But I think SMU is kind of a different caliber team with Preston Stone mm-hmm. at the helm. Sure. I just really Agreed. think they are. Uh, I don't think SMU is probably going to win, but it's going to get weird, I think. I think it's going to get very weird. The fact that – I think I mentioned this a couple times already. Rhett Lashley saying that we didn't – I wanted to be boring against Louisiana Tech. I'm curious what he has for Oklahoma. Yeah, because I think he knew that I need to keep some things off tape again when we go to Norman because I think he I really think he thinks that they have a shot at going in and pulling something off here and I just don't think he wanted to put too much on tape to give them when they go to Norman so I'm gonna have to tell Clayton we both picked him to cover he was telling me today he's like, <laughs> everyone's saying that you know SMU's gonna lose 52 to 17 like what do you think not I was like, no not that's, at all that's not how, I will say that's, no. I was about to say, that's a very specific score but <laughs> um <laughs> but that's I don't not know sorry he's probably one person everyone one guy threw that number out <laughs> But uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say SMU covers, and I think a lot of people are gonna be peeking over at SMU, being like, "Oh, is this something? Is there something happening this season?" Yeah, so. agreed. All right, let's go to Florida, North let's Texas. Let's go to Florida. Oh, for that. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I was like, "I'll go to Florida. Let's go." Ah, uh, yeah, correct. I'll just go. Just <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, just in general, yeah, just in general. North Texas playing Florida International this Saturday mm-hmm. at five thirty p.m. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. UNT coming in as 12.5-point favorites. The over-under set at 52. Yeah. Man, FIU is talking about bottom three teams. FIU is probably the worst team in the FBS. So, North Texas, go out there and win this, please, by a lot. To pulverize them (laughs) this week. Yes. So they beat a get-right spot. They beat Maine 14-12 to last week. Maine, I know. Maine. Do you know they play football in Maine? And then they lost to La Tech. <laughs> then they lost to La Tech, which, I mean, La Tech might be better than they were last year, but they weren't very good last year. Yeah. Um, and I believe they're on their backup quarterback as well, because I think, uh, yes, because they started, oh, my God, the Dunkville quarterback uh, against La Tech, James, Grayson James. Uh, they started Grayson James against La Tech. Oh. He did not play against Maine, so I'm presuming he's hurt because he started all last year. North Tech, I, I will say this. I think I can almost – I'm s- – 70% sure we'll see Chandler Rogers mm-hmm. early, earlier. Presence, uh, Stone Earl may still Wait, start. Really? I think they I, didn't they put they didn't put the or on the depth chart. It's just oh, Stone is Earl. It just Stone Earl? Yeah. I think he will start. I think don't get me wrong. I think he will start again. We'll just see him earlier than the I, I think, yeah. beginning of the fourth quarter. I was about to say he came in the fourth third. quarter. I think I mean again, they might he might not need to come in. Stone Earl might play great against a bad FIU team and they just keep him mm-hmm. in. But I think if they if I 
if we do see him, I think it'll be like second quarter. I'm not even that concerned about the offense, though. I'm honestly, not. No, the defense was atrocious. Texas because defense was they don't. Ha- I don't think they have the personnel to run that off defense yet. I don't think they do either. I think it's going to take no. a, a year or so to build that. I mean, Jamori Macklin, the wide receiver, is awesome. awesome. He looked good. He looked that, if there was one shining moment in that game, it was I him. told Mallory the, yeah. the one time Pres- uh, Stoner looked great is when he was throwing to Jamori Macklin. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the Cal running backs, it was like they were covered in butter yeah. like, when yeah. they were walking around and. Uh, yeah, like I, I think Eric Morris and Johnny Hodges are battling out for like toughest press conference. Of, oh, Johnny Hodges! I know the week like saddest press conference because Eric Morris is just like he's so uh, even keeled. Yeah, you know, and he's like he's always has the same tone of voice, but he was like it was atrocious. Yeah. Like we, I don't think anyone's bought in right now. Like he was spitting. He and was then, very much popping off in that press conference in a way that. You don't see from, like you mentioned, we don't see from him. Just like Johnny Hodges was like we're basically the, doing the same thing. We're the TCU. laughing stock of college football right now. It's like, dude, Johnny, relax. Right. It's, it's okay. Right. It's okay, brother. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll take North Texas because they better. <laughs> Let's just put it that yeah, way. They, correct. <laughs> All right, moving right along to Houston. Houston traveling to play Rice at home this hmm. Saturday at 6 p.m. You can watch it on NFL Network, I guess. <laughs> Woo. Uh, Houston coming in as 10-point favorites. The over-under set at 52 and a half. Um, hmm. Here's what worries me about Rice yeah. is watching that Texas game is, is not like a – you don't take that much away from it. Right. But I don't know who the other receiver is other than Luke McCaffrey yeah. on this and Rice we, team. Yeah, and we talked about that like in our yeah. preview game – or preview – Last week. Last week or something like that. Yeah. We did. Like, he really has Luke McCaffrey to throw to. None of the wide receivers get any separation whatsoever. Uh, And I think JT Daniels is good, and he likes this offense a lot, but you need playmakers on the outside. Uh, Houston, the one thing that worries me about them is they would have gotten three points off those three Frank Harris interceptions. Mm -hmm. Because – and two of those set them up in the red zone. Mm Mm-hmm. They went for it on fourth down once, didn't get it. The next time they went for a field goal on fourth down, and then it was a legal procedure, and then that's when they got their first touchdown. So Frank Harris, through three interceptions, probably had a game he would want to have back, and they still almost won that game. I was about to say, that's my, that's, those are my two concerns in this one, is I think Rice's options outside of – because they do have the quarterback, and they've always had the receivers and no quarterback, and now it's the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. They have the quarterback, and they might not have the depth of wide receiver. Um but it's also the fact that I think I'm a little concerned that Houston's offense might be mid because yeah. I think that they just kind of have to work with what they have with Donovan Smith. Because mm-hmm. I don't think Lucas Coley's coming in to save that, right? I think it's Donovan Smith, and that might just be an offense you just have to roll with Donovan Smith, right? I think it's going to have to be a little – it's not going to be nearly as explosive as it has been the past couple of years. Obviously, you lose Tank Dell at wide receiver, but I think they have depth there now. I think guys like Golden and uh, Manjack Man Man are great. Manjack is awesome. Yeah, he I, never gets tackled by the first guy, No, he's, ever. They're, they're great. I think the problem is Don, get, Donovan Smith consistently getting those guys the ball and making the right decision. I think that's the issue, and I'm wondering if Daniel Holgerson maybe. I don't want to say he's concerned about that necessarily, but I, I do. I am curious about that part of it. For Rice, we'll see against. We'll see what JT Daniels looks like against not Texas, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but I do think he's still going against a defense that's pretty damn good based off last week. I think Donovan Smith will 
be good in this Rice game. Okay. He missed a couple throws in his first two series. He, sure. He, he said the jitters were kind of getting to him. And obviously, right, you're going to be nervous because it's like – Sold out stadium. Or almost sold out, out stadium. Almost sold out stadium. His first game at Houston, their yeah. first game in the Big 12. And he was kind of staring down his reads a little bit and missing yeah. some open crossers. But I think he settled in uh, better throughout the game. And Dana Holgerson said it was a little spotty. But the most important thing is you won the game. Yep. And mm-hmm. it wasn't pretty. And Dave Aranda talked about in his press conference, which I thought was very true, is that in week one, more often than not, you lose the game. The other team doesn't win. Mm. You make the mistakes. Sure. Okay. And Houston did a good job of winning a game ugly. I think that gives him confidence. And I think Donovan Smith will be better this week against Rice. Yeah, I'm taking I'm taking Houston too. I didn't yep. really have a doubt about that at all. Mm-hmm. All right, moving right along. Sam Houston hosting Air Force this Saturday at 7 p.m. You can watch it on CBSSN. Air Force coming in as 14-point favorites. The over-under is very tiny, 37.5. Oh, that's a good old triple Don't option, baby. Correct. I need to watch, Let's I go. Need to watch this. Yeah, this <laughs> okay, this is going to be interesting because, yes, it's strength versus strength. Yes. Right? This triple option offense against a pretty damn good Sam Houston defense that went into Provo and shut down a really good, a pretty good BYU offense. Uh-huh. I'm still going Air Force though because that offense might be butt for Sam Houston. Yeah. Okay, really I, I, I didn't watch any of this game, but this is my one like total blind spot. Yeah. What happened? What happened? It was it was Sam Houston playing. I don't say lights out, but they played really really well on d- defensively, and yeah. they couldn't. Ru- I mean. People are going to point at Keegan Shoemaker. I don't think it was his fault. They could not run the ball Mm-mm. at all. And mm-hmm. so they provided no other option but for Keegan Shoemaker to stand back there with not much time either. And he, BYU's D, I mean, Kalani Sataki has those guys playing great defense. Um, he's kind of like a mini version of Kyle Whittingham, in my opinion. Um, and so, yeah, he just it, it, it was one of those things where it's like it's 7 nothing maybe. And then you see the offense, you're like, ah, oh, they're not. They're not. They're not doing anything. No, with this. Um, no. Then it got to fourteen nothing. You're like, this game's over. So, yeah. I think this. I think the the over under is awesome in this game because yeah, I think honestly, I'll probably take the under. I'm, I'm probably hammering, <laughs> yeah. hammering the under. Just yeah. sitting um, on pins and needles the whole game at ten ten. <laughs> right. Oh, somebody no. Um, but I think Sam Houston's defense will be really good this season. Probably the best in conference USA. Their offense. I do not. I don't even think Grant Gannell comes in and fixes this. Right. Um, he didn't play out at all last mm-hmm. week. I just think this might be a, a swallow it and figure it out next year type of offense. Uh, I think we can, we can make that determination after Air Force game. Oh, 100%. Because yes. BYU is like, okay, so your first game up from the FCS, right? Sure, BYU, sure. power five team, yeah. or power three or two or four, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay, let's let's chuck that one out, burn the tape, do whatever. Let's see yep. first Air Force yep. what it is. Exactly. Speaking of that, before we move on to the mm-hmm. game, I think – did y'all see the stat about the Pac-12 and how well they did this <laughs> during no. Week yeah, they're one? awesome. I think they're <laughs> so good. I don't think that every single team that was not playing against a Pac-12 team, I think won. That's awesome. <laughs> so and won very well. Yeah, <laughs> so, Oregon State might go on just to win it and just like yeah. never show up again to play no. football. <laughs> just like no. you know what, we're good. We're just gonna take this and go home. No. <laughs> I know we've talked about realignment so much, but it, it just is insane to me that the Pac-12 couldn't get any TV deal, but every team from the Pac-12 got in on a TV deal at yes. another conference. So what was... Yes. You had them all there. Had them I all know. There, and they're good. But then Larry Scott was like, actually, what if we made our own network that nobody wants? Yeah. <laughs> that nobody wants to carry. Yeah. That's funny. All right, let's close it out here. 
TCU hosting Nichols State this Saturday <laughs> at 7 p.m. You, you can, can watch it on games. Big 12 Network <laughs> or ESPN+. Plus. There's no uh, no line or anything because Nichols State is FCS, Yep, I believe. So, yep. all right, TCU. Just you know, just don't be don't be fancy. Get just, right. Just it's a get right game. Just do what you need to do to win. Yeah, this is uh this is the biggest get right games in the history of get right games. Yes. I think because yeah. <laughs> off of last week, all of the confidence is low. Uh-huh. Right, go give Johnny Hodges a hug. Right, tell him it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And then have Chandler Morris go out here and just light this team up. Yes. You well, need confidence everywhere across the board. Right the now. thing about okay, the thing about Nickel State defense is they run the. I, I don't know anything about Nichols. I was about to say, you better get into some scheme here. <laughs> okay, no. So, TCU. Okay. I'm a Chandler Morris defender okay. right now. Go ahead. I will stand on my chair for oh. Chandler Morris and say, people were talking about, you know, first game without Max Duggan and put trying to put it on Chandler Morris. Yeah. There was one throw he made that I would have liked to see him not make. The, it was first, the first pick. First, first pick. pick. Mm-hmm. The Travis Hunter one. You got to tip your hat yeah, to Travis Hunter. That, that was, was that was nuts. Okay, unbelievable playmaker. I don't know. Every quarterback would throw that ball a hundred times out of a hundred. Probably, yeah. Also, I don't think Kendall Bryles. You know, people were talking about how bad the play calling was. I don't think it was terrible. I think the offense did good and put up enough points. The only thing with Kendall Bryles I saw is like sometimes it looked like. He was trying to play Colorado at their strength. Like he was trying to play seven on seven. Mm-hmm. And it felt like with Amani Bailey and Trey Sanders, you can get three yards, three yards, four yards, 70. Yeah. And it was like, it wasn't sexy enough for him. Like he right. had to throw the ball. He had to fade up Travis Hunter twice in a row right. in the red zone. Cause like that's what they needed to do. And that was the only part I was like, I think he's trying to get, he's overthinking this too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I thought the play calling was fine. I think TC is going to be good this year. I straight I, up. I still think they're going to be a bowl team. Like uh, not even. I think six. I think seven, eight is there. I think around. they're going to be eight and five or, yeah. I think eight wins actually. Yeah, that's fair. So I, mean, I, I think they're going to be good. this I year. I think they'll be fine. Now, I think. I think the difference is we'll look at Colorado maybe as a bowl team now. Like I think yeah. in mm-hmm. my opinion. So, I agree. I think that. I think this is a game where you let Chandler Morris go, and just like have him. Because like whether or not it was his fault, quote unquote, I don't I don't agree with that either. I think he was I think he was far from the issue. His confidence is still pretty shot, right? You yeah. you have you see a quarterback outduel you like that at home, and you're like, oh geez, especially after what Max Duggan did last year. So I think this week we see probably what they were trying to do against Colorado. I think actually come out to fruition. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let a lot of those guys like J.P. Richardson and um, uh, forgetting one of the other wide receivers, uh, Jojo World. Like a lot of those guys, I think they come out and they come out and flex a little bit. Yeah, because they need it. I also everybody, think everybody on that team needs yeah. like a nice. You need the exhale. defense to tee off on someone too, because oh, I just like the defense. When I was rewatching that game, is like I don't know how you you rush three, drop eight, and everyone's open yeah. still. Like I don't know how that well, happens. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how. It's because uh, for some reason Joe Gillespie decided to play five yards off every wide receiver, <laughs> yeah. and it's and and Sean Lewis is like actually that's cool. I'll just run underneath routes the whole time, and yeah. we'll just make a move, and we're open. It's like. What is happening? So there were so many things that went wrong in that game, I think, from a, many different perspectives. But like I mentioned, it was a perfect spot for a get-right game. Yeah, It's Nichols. You got Big 12 opener, so don't look ahead either. You got Big 12 opener next week against Houston. I think they'll take care of business. I think they'll look good. Everybody will be like, okay, cool. TCU is probably okay. Yep. So, all right. 
That'll do it for us. Carter, where will you be again? You will be at the Baylor-Baylor and Utah game. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike Craven will be in Lubbock for Oregon at Texas Tech. Uh, I will be on my couch watching all these games. Uh, next week I will be Same. at uh, the Texas State home opener. So, yeah, Mallory, you will be also on the couch. I will. There I'll have go. my quad box pulled up. There you go. College football. So, yeah, we'll be absorbing everything along with you guys, and we'll be back with a Sunday episode. Please like, rate, subscribe, everything to all the shows on the Dave Campbell's Republican Football Network. Please tune in Friday as well, Texas Football Tonight on Texan Live and on YouTube. Ooh. And, of course, tune in later today, 6 p.m., to watch – I forgot his name again – Zena Ozem. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm bad at pronunciations. I'm Come gonna, on. I'm going to get this kid's you name right. You can do it. Okay. Zena Umiazulu. Zena Umiazulu from Allen committing at 6 p.m. right here. Uh, or Texan Live and then YouTube as well. So, what is it between uh, Texas and Oklahoma? I think it's between. His brother goes to Texas. I think it's Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, I think it's between mm-hmm. those two schools. So, if you're a Sooner Ooh. fan, if you're a Texas fan, check it out. Or if you're a general fan, maybe you'll see a little switch up. Never know. We'll see. Uh, and that'll do it for us. Please, Jimbo Fisher, give us a call. We've talked to 12 of the 13 FBS head coaches. 1 and 0. Oh, 1 and 0. Oh. Go Rutgers. Go Rutgers. Go Rutgers.